A three-man rush gets to him. He was popped as he let it go. Vita Vea just blew things up. Living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Screams from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking. I just count the hours. Stop tripping. I'm tripping off the power. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited for this one. I brought in one of the best guys in the entire industry to discuss interior rushers, edge defenders, basically trench players in general, and John Owning. You can follow him on Twitter, at John Owning. He's a former NFL content manager over there at FanRag Sports. John, how are we doing today? Fantastic, man. It's a great day. I'm excited to talk Vita Vea. How are you doing? I'm good, man. It's uh, yeah. Vita Vea is basically your Deshaun Watson, man. This this guy is your baby. So I had to make sure that you you got the chance to talk to him. A lot of people asked me to talk Vita Vea. I was like, absolutely not. This is John's guy. Yeah, it's my guy. I've found him early in the in the process, and he's a guy who's just you know I really gravitate towards players that are just fun to watch. You know, more than skill sets or anything. I want to study players that are fun, that are doing things that are fun. And Vita Vea is definitely a guy who is doing fun types of things, throwing. 300 pounders off their feet with regularity i mean he's just a fun guy yeah absolutely so just to give the people a quick background of what we're looking at here you're talking about a six foot four guy who weighed 347 pounds who ran a 5 140 which is absurd at that weight 41 bench press reps helps a little bit he's got uh short arms and a, a smaller wingspan and then he was a productive player this past year he had 43 tackles five and a half for loss three and a half sacks coming off a 2016 where he had four, uh, five sacks. So when you watch his game, what gets you most excited about him? What, like, you, you said you're a big fan. Like, what are the strengths that you really look towards in his game? Well, his biggest strength is his strength. You know, his ability to. I mean, the uh, bench press isn't the best uh, indicator for play strength, but it illustrates how strong. In this case, it does illustrate how strong Vitave is because you see him just bench press other offensive line off of him with regularity. I mean, you see him play. With he plays with the correct mechanical ability, you know he brings his elbows in, he drops his hips at the right level, he shows the flexibility in his knees to play with good leverage, and you see him just—he has that explosive power. He's able to jolt offensive linemen back on contact. That's something you really want to see from the really good nose tackles that are strong. Is do they create that knockback on contact when they win with their inside hands? And that's what Vita Vea does every single time he gets he wins with early hands. Yeah, I mean. I don't want to spoil my player comparison because I'll give my actual one later. But if I had to compare him to somebody, it would be a bear. Like he's just <laughs> he's just a different kind of dude in the trenches, man. And I I think first off, you start off with anytime you talk about a nose tackle is is his ability to stop the run and he can control his gaps. Like you mentioned, he plays with great leverage. Offensive linemen rarely move him. He's typically in the backfield. I think he's he's versatile as well. Like, you, you saw him play 5-tech, 3-tech, 1-tech, 0-tech. They moved him all over the offensive line. I thought he killed against zone if he was on the backside of the play. His quickness and strength really just, he got in, in that clean gap, shot up the field. And even when he didn't make the play, he kind of caused the play to be made. I heard it described really well as he's a better disruptor than he is finisher. 
So basically, like a lot of his plays may not show up on the stat sheet, but the play that he made allowed someone else to make a play, and I think that that's really accurate. I think when it comes to his pass rush ability, which is really important in today's day and age, right? Because your true nose tackle of ten years ago was basically a run stuffer that didn't add for anything in the passing game. But in order to be a first round pick in today's NFL, you need to add a pass rush ability, and I think he has that. I think that his bull rush is his go to. Right, because he can just run right through people, and you see it consistently. And then he's got that hump or that club or whatever you want to call it. It, it reminds me a little bit of Endomican Sue almost, where he just kind of swings his arm and throws a 300-pound man like he's he's a little child. So those are some of the things I really like about his game. Yeah, you know that hump move is really he. And the thing about his hump move is he sets it up with different footwork a lot. That's the thing that I, that really. Um, really impressed me when I watched them in comparison to the other collegiate rushers. There's a lot of you'll see a lot of nose tackles try to use that hunt move, but they don't set it up with different footwork or different different head fakes or anything to get the offensive line moving moving. They have just one way to set it up. He sets it up multiple different ways. He could slide to the left and throw it with the right hand. He could stutter and throw it with the left. He can go straight to it. He can go push vertical and then hit with a hump and then go to the arm over. He has a diverse set of moves for a guy's his size. And I think he has that because he played, like you said, all over the defensive line. He has moves that he uses interiorly when he's nose tackle, when he's three technique, when he's even playing five. And you even see him playing stand up in an outside linebacker role, rushing off the edge. And he doesn't fall step, which you see so many other uh, outside linebackers do in college. They fall step and Vita Vey at 347 pounds somehow doesn't fall step. It's amazing. But like you were saying, you basically nailed him on the head. I think he's really great. Run, he's really great disruptor. He he creates that knockback. He knows he creates abilities for his teammates to make plays. I think in the NFL, that's going to really help out whatever team he's going to go to. Is his linebackers are going to stay a lot cleaner because he's going to uh, occupy a lot of blocks. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, another couple things to throw in there. I think he's got a pretty good first step, especially for his size. He he can kind of explode off the line of scrimmage. I've seen some people question his effort. I don't get that vibe at all. I think he's a high-motor guy. I think he takes good pursuit angles. There was a play against Washington State where they ran a screen. He recognized it right away and then actually chased down the running back 25 yards down the field. I can't think of really any other 340-pound people that are doing that. So to me, I think he plays with a good motor. He's got incredible strength, good feet. You can he's versatile and he's got that hump move and like you said it's it's different each time I mean I've seen him even kind of throw his shoulder into a guy a little bit to kind of get him off balance and then hit him with the hump move because with his strength if if the offensive lineman's off balance at all he's finished against Vita Vea but you know no prospect is perfect um and and Vita Vea isn't an exception to that rule is are there any concerns that you have with this game? Yeah, the biggest concern I have is all stance related at Washington he was forced to play in that um kind of that two-gapping scheme where he played uh, head up on the offensive lineman a lot. A lot of times he was head up on the guard or even head up on the tackle a lot. And that caused him to play in a really uh, squared stance. So he, in that frog stance, where all of his weight was on his back legs, right? He had his hands barely touching the ground. And the reason why the coaches want to do that is because in a two-gapping scheme, you really want to win inside hands initially. So they wanted him to focus on getting his inside hand placement instead of getting upfield pushing vertically so that he can play both gaps. But I think what that does is that inhibits his first step. You know, he does have a really good first step when he can play forward. But when you're coming out of that frog leg stance, you're going to come up. Your pad level is going to come up before you're going to be able to move 
forward because your hips are too low. So I think in the NFL, if he's able to come into a more staggered stance, a traditional uh, nose tackle stance, you'll see somebody like Damon Harrison or Gerald McCoy use in the interior where they have their hand, their, the majority of their way is on their hands so they can move forward before they move up. I think that's going to help him a lot. And I think because he didn't have that in college, you'll see him have issues with double team blocks because he doesn't have the ability to move laterally right out of his st stance. I just think most of the issues you see people talk about with Vita Vale, reasons why they wouldn't take him in the top 15, 20 picks is all stance related. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, one of the things I noticed was that sometimes he did get beat on the block, um, on double teams, and I think it's exactly the reason you mentioned the stance. And then uh, sometimes the backside guard would have a down block on him, and he wouldn't be aware, and he would he would end up on the ground. I thought his balance was not great, and it's not necessarily a weakness, but I think it's something that could improve a little bit. His short arms aren't really a huge concern for me, but like he doesn't have a great tackle radius. But this again goes back to the disrupting more than the production aspect of it, so it's not a huge thing for me. Now this isn't necessarily a weakness, but I think it's worth discussing when it comes to Vita Vea because I. It's, it's one of the things we I've talked about with Saquon Barkley or uh, Mo Hurst or a couple of these other guys, uh, Harold Landry. These guys are so good at one thing. You almost wonder, are they doing this just because it continues to work or is it kind of their only move? So I, I'm curious, with the Vita Vea, the hump and the bull rush and all that stuff, do you have any concerns with possible like uh, hand usage or anything like that? Or do you just think he was more able to rely on this one move and it won consistently that he has other kind of tools in his tool shed, but he didn't necessarily need to go to him? I think he has other tools. I think you'll see, I think especially in the Stanford game and some, in the UCLA game, he really, really, really focused on using that hunt move because it was so effective. He was getting... Their off their interior offensive linemen in both those games, they were so off balance that anytime he hit them with the hunt move, they were flying. But you'll see if you really dive into, I think, some of the later games, you'll start seeing him be more diverse in his hand uses because I'm guessing maybe offensive linemen were doing a better job uh, defending the hunt move. And you see him kind of dig into his repertoire a little bit to see what he can do to be successful. Now, those moves aren't re as refined as his hunt move. He doesn't have as many setups like we were talking about before. He's not as consistently as effective as them, but I'm not concerned because I've seen him do that. And as he gets more, uh, more experience playing on the defensive line, more experience with coaching, he's exposed to more techniques from teammates and coaches i think he's gonna he'll he'll be fine in that area in the nfl yeah i agree with you so i don't want to call it a weakness but i think it's an area to be developed if that's a fair way to describe it uh, listen I, I know player comps are never perfect and especially interior players someone so often these guys are very unique and vita vea is one of those guys but when you watch him do you have a guy that he reminds you of yeah this is going to be a little this is going to be a lot because he's one of the best players at his position but he really reminds me a lot of damon harrison from the new york giants snacks you know, just the way Damon Harrison is that same type of strength where he has the ability when he wins inside hand positioning, he's going to control that block no matter what. And Vita Vea is that same kind of guy. And Damon Harrison, too, he was a guy with his early years at the Jets. He had stance issues. He had pad level issues. And as soon as they figured out his stance and his pad level coming out, he was able to control the line of scrimmage even more. And the Jets, he was one of the best run defenders. And he went to the Giants and even improved his game even more as they let him play upfield, allowed him to be kind of that pass rush. And in the pass rush, he's very similar to Vita Vey. He's not going to get you six, seven, eight, nine, ten sacks a year. But he's going to provide a constant ability to challenge the depth of the pocket, which is going to make it difficult for quarterbacks to stand up step up in the pocket and he's going to make them move off their spot and that's all you really want from a nose tackle 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, as a Jets fan, I'm a little sad that you just brought up the fact that Dame Harrison had to leave the Jets, but <laughs> I, I, I I like that comparison a lot. It's someone I, I've watched a lot in my life, and you know, he's he's really dominant in the run like Via is. To me, this is not necessarily a playing comparison, but from an athletic standpoint, a little bit of Holodi Nada, just in terms of how big he is and how well he moves. From uh, just that one, I mentioned it earlier, but that hump move reminds me a little bit of Sue, just for how strong he is, where he throws guys off completely and I, I i always try to paint a picture and i think if you say he's got some dame harrison some haloti nada athleticism traits and, and an indomitian sue kind of trump card with that strength you're i mean we're talking about a hell of a plot prospect when, when we start throwing in all those kind of guys but you know one of the things i always talk about with prospects is the assumption of rational coaching right where these guys go has a huge impact on how good they are as players how they're used and all that stuff so as a as a vea fan where would you like to see him go, and where do you think he could have his most success? I want to see him. I don't want to see him go to a two-gapping team that was like Washington. I don't want to see him go to like a Ravens or a Steelers type of team. I would. I don't want to see him head up. I want to see. I think with his athletic traits, I think he is going to be best in a one-gapping vertical system where they want him to get up into his gap and he can cause disruption that way and disrupt blocking combinations that way and blocking schemes and really and then as a pass rusher like I said with Damon Harrison really challenge the depth of the pocket I think the way that the Giants were really good for Damon Harrison I think a one gapping team is going to be really good for Vita Bay a team like maybe the Dallas Cowboys like for me they would be a great fit. Yeah, I feel like I've heard you mention the Dallas Cowboys and Vita Vea before. But listen, the, the, the thing with Vea is, I think it's going to be interesting to see where he goes in general. Because we talk about the league is shifting towards passing. So mm. I think some teams are going to be much higher on him than others and how comfortable they are with his pass rush ability. And that's going to determine kind of his ceiling in the draft. I think he's locked in in the first round. I don't necessarily know if he's going to end up in the top 10 for that reason. Mm-hmm. So... To me, these are a couple of later situations. I really like your Cowboys one. I wouldn't mind the Titans, and I think the Falcons would be a terrific one yeah. in terms of developing that. And, you know, you just keep adding freak athletes to that defense, and that defense is going to get real scary in a hurry. For sure. That Falcons is a great point. They were In Dan Quinn's system, he would be a, I think he'd be a fantastic fit, and he'd make them forget about having Don Terry Poe last year. Yeah, exactly, because I think he's he's better version of Poe. John, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. I've I've read a lot of your stuff. I, I follow your, your stuff on Twitter. I, I mean, even just you talking on the podcast now, you can understand how much you understand trench play and how well you can teach people about that. So why don't you tell the people kind of where they can find you and what you're working on? Hey, man, thanks. Uh, just find me on John at John Owning on Twitter, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. Be posting gifts, talking Cowboys, pass rushers, NFL draft. Guys, he's a must-follow. Make sure you check him out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris, your host of Draft Daily, as always. We really appreciate you listening, guys. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. As always, thank you. Thanks.